Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Why Do We Ever Meet? This episode is sponsored by Iodine Records, who just announced the release of the new album from legendary hardcore screamo band Jerome's Dream, who uh, you will hear uh, Eric Ratzberger, a member of that band, on today's episode. Their album, The Grain Between, will be out May 5th, courtesy of Iodine Records. Uh, The record is a raw, unapologetically blistering, yet beautiful execution of hardcore that demonstrates a honed precision in songwriting, lyrical content, and boundless passion. This album is quite possibly the band's best, most powerful, and most realized work to date. It is also the first recording featuring new member Sean Leary of Loma Prieta and is produced by Jack Shirley of Deaf Heaven fame. Jerome's Dream will also be on tour this spring, which we talk about with Eric. They'll be out with Elizabeth Colorwheel. The Grain Between is available for pre-order right now in multiple vinyl variants, and it will be in stores on May 5th. So you guys know the drill. Head over to iodinerecords.com or uh, head over to their, their Instagram, at Iodine Recordings, to find out more info. Now, back to the show. Uh, back to, uh, of course, please, why do we ever meet? You know what to do. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Go on there. Give us the Dave Meltzer five-star. You can find us on Instagram at why do we ever meet? And of course, visit our website, uh, the home of why do we ever meet? As well as several other wonderful podcasts. Visit jabroniu.com, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-U.com. That is the home of why do we ever meet? As well as several other Fantastic shows like The Draft Pod, Biff Radio, Locals After Hours, New Jabroni Pro Wrestling, Flow and Tell, and of course, Ceramic Cat, jabroniu.com. Today's episode, our guest is Eric Ratzenberger, as set up top, uh, drummer of the legendary, incredible band Jerome Stream. It's the second member of this band to be on the show, and that's a pretty rare distinction. I I guess I didn't catch it before, but we've had two members of... uh, of uh, AirType 11 on. We've had two members of Game Face as well, so I sort of shit the bed in the interview there. But nonetheless, great conversation with Eric. He's a really great dude. They're going to be on tour uh, starting May 20th with Elizabeth Colorwheel. I, uh, if all goes accordingly, I plan on seeing them in Detroit. Uh, great conversation. I, I loved it. We, he and I could have talked forever, and to be honest with you, we got recording. We did keep talking, so you guys are going to dig this one. Uh, yeah, enjoy Eric Ratzenberger. It's not too often that we have uh, uh, multiple members from the same band, but uh, when you have a band like Jerome's Dream, it's it's uh, you you make you make exceptions to your rules. Uh, their new record, The Great In Between, will be out May fifth, courtesy of Iodine Recordings, and we are joined today by Eric Ratzenberger. Eric, how are hey. you, man? I'm I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking beforehand. Full disclosure, everybody listening. Uh, making sure I didn't fuck up your last name, which makes me feel better knowing that uh, I'm probably not the first person that's asked you that. <laughs> when people ask me what my last name is, I often don't even bother. I just I just tell them like, yeah, I tell them a lie. I'm I don't Eric. tell them my last name. My name's Eric <laughs> R. <laughs> it makes I, I just can't be bothered. It's too long. It's just too much. It's too <laughs> much of a it's just a mouthful. See, I have such a generic last name. The last name Allen. Like, there's Allen. Mm. There's, there's fucking millions of us. That's a boring last name. There's <laughs> yours. At least you, there's at least a story. Like, mine's just you know boring Anglo bullshit. <laughs> 
You know, I mean, I guess we just we 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 get what we get and we work with what we got. Absolutely. Uh so yeah, I I mean like it I was I was thinking about it and like have we had multiple members from the same band on? And uh there's there's it's it's a rare situation. Like we had we had both Adam uh Adam Reno and Josh English from Attempt Survivors, but Oh cool. We had Josh on talking about six going on seven and all of his solo stuff prior to attempt survivors. And I, I had Adam on and we talked about, you know, everything from Sasha to air type and now attempt survivors, but right. it wasn't specifically talking about both of them. I've not, I had Jeff on and now I've had you on. So like, I mean, this is drums dream. That uh, is, is a big deal. People are really excited about the new record. Uh, and I would assume you guys are, probably pretty fucking excited to be back at it too going on the yeah. road and everything yeah i mean uh, well you know for one that that's that's cool that you uh you invite guests um from the same band cuz it's it's always uh it's always interesting to get everyone's you know unique perspectives on things right um, right cuz regardless of being in a band with someone that doesn't mean you're the same person so yes. i think when it comes to having conversations like this it's cool so i'm i'm stoked to uh to talk to you today yeah about man this stuff. so uh, where did where does uh where does all of this where does it kick off for you I, did you start out a drummer did who who tipped you off to heavy <laughs> music how'd you get here <laughs> well i didn't start off as a drummer um i started off in my playpen next to my sister my older sister playing piano um she was taking lessons um you when you know when we were so young and we had this like kind of crummy upright piano in the house yeah. and she was, oh, she always practiced. And I just happened to be in the same room as a really little kid, uh, just in proximity to her playing. And so I imagine that had a little bit to do with, you know, my, my interest in music. Yeah. But um, I took violin when I was a kid. I oh, was wow. in uh, I was in the school orchestra between third and seventh grade, and uh, fun fact, I never learned how to read music. No shit. I just I just learned by ear, you know. On violin. I, I, on violin, I was I was first chair, first violin section, and I never knew how to read music. I my brain just it just I don't know it just didn't compute it and. Um, it was kind of funny because my instructor, his name was uh, Mr. Rothenmel. Uh, okay. And uh, he was a good guy. I think he had his own problems. You know, I think. Yeah. At one point he was excused from the school because uh, I th I think, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't really know what happened, but it seemed like he was going through a lot and uh, he was, he was asked to step down from his position, um, which was really too bad because he was really, he was a really great mentor slash instructor and mm -hmm. um and yeah I, i'm just kind of recalling this now but i just remember there was one one afternoon after school you know we would have our rehearsals and stuff like that and there was one afternoon where we had to come prepared to play a piece you know play play a, a song that was um assigned to us okay and then he, he uh so he sat next to me and then i had like the music stand in front of me and um He's like, you know what? Why don't we why don't we actually not play this one? I have another song. And then he put it on the uh, the music stand and I looked at him and I'm just like, 
I, I can't read this. <laughs> like, I can't play this. I don't know what it is. And he kind of just like looked at me knowingly. <laughs> and that was, that was it. You know I mean? But anyway, I, I, I played for another year in the, the school orchestra. And then what happened was I discovered the drum set in the band room and it was all set up. And again, like you walk into this room and like the lights were off, but the drums yeah. were there. There was a pair of sticks on the snare drum and I sat behind it and I started playing. And I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I begged my parents to buy me a drum set for like two years yeah. before they caved in and got me one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been playing pretty much ever since. There's it's two things there. One, it, it's fascinating to me that like, the instructor put music in front of you and you're like, I can't read this. And they give you that. Look like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> and second, like there's like, man, if you're a kid and you're in, interested mm -hmm. in music, is there anything more alluring looking than a, a, a drum set set up? Like it, it's a really cool thing to see. I mean, and it's a cool thing to fucking hit, you know, yeah. like it's just a very, uh, yeah, it's like it's like going on a ride. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and, and coming from like it, it. And that's crazy, too. Like my brother played violin as a kid and is also a drummer, which that. Oh, interesting. There's got to be some weird parallel there. But uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's fascinating to me, like how many people I've talked to on here who have these kind of that nobody very very few people started off on the instrument they're known for playing in a band that that they're sure. in which yeah. is fascinating um so where so who tips you off to you know where where does it start with heavy music and punk oh just in hardcore yeah um right the second part of the question um <laughs> well here i am going off in my childhood um no but but it it all kind of it all it's all kind of threaded together because um again it's so funny that i i have to pay tribute to my sister for kind of giving me the first exposure to music that wasn't tom petty or cindy lopper yeah. she was more in the lane of like the cure and the smiths and like mm -hmm. even rem and uh <laughs> you know some more obscure punk um that i didn't really know of at the t I didn't know what it was at the time because I was so young but um she would have these like mixtapes and um there was all kinds of shit on it and I can't even really remember half of what it was but I assume it was stuff like the Sex Pistols or Circle Jerks or yeah sure um cramps all that shit and um I don't know it just kind of gave me this very visceral feeling and it just wasn't normal and I, basically that kind of set I think my sonic palette but then uh, to fast forward to around I don't know four, 14 15 years old I was right. hearing the same kind of music and skate videos and snowboard videos and yeah. you know skateboarding was so adjacent to punk and like underground music in general that that was and I know that's a very common um you know that's a common thing for a lot of people they in, do in lock in together a lot yeah yeah so that was a big part of it for me. And then I was st I started going to shows um, in Connecticut where I grew up and there was this all ages um, club called the tune in. And yeah, a lot of us would just end up there. A lot of us kids, we would, we would always be at some kind of show 
And yeah. it was typically a hardcore or punk show, but there would be like, you know, an occasional ska show or like a ska band would be playing with a hardcore band or there would be like some, you know, techno band or electronic band. I mean, it was kind of mixed up, but I was predominantly drawn to all of the uh, the hardcore shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's where I that's where I, I met Jeff, you know, and from JD, I, I met Jeff in the very club I'm talking about, um, yeah. you know. It, I mean, Connecticut, it goes without saying, is I, I think as far as in the States is one of the um, one of the more predominantly well-known scenes for hardcore in general. And, you know, and to know that like, but it, but it's also it, it's R.E.M. comes up on in, in so many of these interviews, Eric, <laughs> like there R.E.M. is such a tipping point for so many bands and so many musicians that I've had on the show. And that does show like the, the the appeal, the mass appeal that they've had from, you know, everybody from, you know, a band like Jerome's Dream, where you guys are, you know, a very heavy band. Even even a band, you know, even people like Artie Shepard from Airtype Eleven, like th- yeah. this is what what a what a cool uh, what a cool common thread that runs through the show, uh, knowing that REM has impacted that generation of musicians so so heavily. Totally, and I'll stack on that as well. With um, I would also say that Anthrax and oh. um, even like some, you know, earlier hip hop, like, you know, Beastie Boys, License to Ill, Beastie Boys, Cookie Puss, De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising, uh, Run DMC, um, a lot of a lot of early 90s hip hop as well, um, yes. which, again, I was seeing in all these skate videos. I mean, I remember Plan B that came out with uh, I think it was called Questionable Reality. It was in 93 or 94. Mm-hmm. And again, the melding of of like of hip hop and punk rock um and skateboarding and you know it just it was a really exciting time too because it wasn't infiltrated by internet things you know kids were still literally in the streets doing shit making shit destroying shit uh you know they weren't just like looking at screens they were on their boards or they were you know writing graffiti or they were you know making just doing whatever it is uh that their creative tendencies we're leading them to um and yeah i think it was a really special time kind of right before the internet uh it, it was broke. um and you uh and i want you to know too before we go down other down other lanes yeah you you are talking to a dyed in the wool anthrax apologist so like <laughs> hearing you say that i was like oh fuck yeah <laughs> nice that's my band of the big four for sure is anthrax. yeah i mean it, it, even um you know when public enemy yeah that song you know yeah, what, bring what the noise bring noise fuck yeah. man like y- you didn't hear anything like it nope and there nope. was such an energy it was so raw it was so fucking real and i was like damn this is just like i'll never forget the end of that song with that breakbeat loop yes you know it was like hear the drummer get wicked you know yep. i'm like this, and I would put that on repeat. I loved it so much. Like I, I just loved the way it felt. You know, yes. like there was just something about. And I, I just the yeah. heaviness with how it opens. Oh my god! Like, oh god, dude! Yeah. It's, it, it, and like you said too, like that. There's people cite so many different things. Like that's yeah. I mean, if you really want to get down to that vibe, mm-hmm. that is the tipping off point, man. Is yeah, hundred percent. 
that song, but there's there was also too, and it's still to me this way, there is a little bit of like a hardcore credibility to dudes like Scott Ian, who like who you know got understood like early hardcore and punk rock. Definitely. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I think that's where there's still, you know, I mean, every kid picked up Kill 'em All by Metallica and you know, mm-hmm. got their mind blown. Or, but there was some credibility there with, with Scott Ian. So it's always nice to for me to hear somebody else say that. I'm like, I'm not the only one. I knew it. I knew I was the only one that well Anthrax and even Slayer to a degree. I mean, those types of bands, you know, they they weren't as popular as Metallica. Right. And I kind of liked I kind of liked that. You yeah, know, they still felt like a big band to me or the big sure. bands, but but they weren't I mean I mean even even I don't know. I mean back then even Metallica was still they they were sort of in the pop realm of things. Yeah. Um but yeah, Anthrax I I feel like Anthrax still kind of holds on to that sort of sacred quality of just being an Anthrax, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was cool too like the same thing happened when the whole Seattle thing broke like you know, we all mm-hmm. saw the big bands, but like the discovery of the other bands that you're like, holy shit, there's so yeah. much good stuff happening right now. Yeah. It, and it was already happening. So, um, so it like you have a, like the, the, that story too. this, this through line of like skating, like skating videos and skate and BMX videos combined with punk and hardcore and thrash and hip hop, like (laughs) very much like was a melding that built an entire generation. And I, I see all of that, that, that pulled together as a nucleus and then expanded out into what would become the, the punk and hardcore and post hardcore and all of the fucking subgenres that, that our generation uh, begat. And that the core of it is, is all of that pre-internet you know hearing bands on skate videos reading about them and and you know thrasher or or something yeah it was a big deal those were our those were our roadmaps 100 percent. and you know you can't you can't replicate that i mean i think there are younger generations of musicians and creative people who 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 almost see the same appeal or value in sort of what we experienced firsthand but they can't possibly know what it feels like to discover music that way anymore yes and i give people credit for you know pulling influence from that particular era um but like you said you know that that was a melding and created a nucleus of something very special and um i don't know i just i'm really grateful to have been a part of it because now here here we are in a completely different time (laughs) but for some i mean not for some reason there's a very good reason why a lot of these bands and musicians and artists still have the thing you know their their music right. holds up because right. the music itself i think captured that particular period of time yes and it was a really special one so yes it was um so when i when i think of jerome's dream i i have always and and while this may not see how be how you associate it I always because you guys were never you're coming out of a out of, you know, a hotbed of hardcore in Connecticut. <laughs> and there's this there's almost like this, like and, and I'm not saying like I don't want to deduce Connecticut down to this. 
No, but, but yeah, I, let's hear I, it. <laughs> I think of that like fucking hate breed hoodie, mm-hmm. baggy mm-hmm. jeans, kids. And <laughs> that is decidedly what <laughs> what JD is not. Yeah. And it, it's it's this uh, there was I've always attributed you guys to having the same not the sound, but the same vibes and feel that I got from dead guy or Bach. Uh or neurosis or keel hall like Mm -hmm. that was the or like some of the black like the side b of my war by black flag (laughs) (laughs) i correlate that to jd because you guys had that there was it's menacing but it's alluring and i I don't i but it's emotional it just had mm. all fucking uh like chaotic energy that was like welling up in it. And it was so unique compared to all of your peers. Thank you for all of that. Um, I mean, botch and dead guy, uh, were very important bands in my day, you know, growing up. I mean, I loved both of them, uh, still do. I mean, I I really appreciate both bands and what they've made over the years, Mm. um, especially the earlier stuff, but, um, you know, Connecticut, as a geographical space for underground music, Connecticut would surprise a lot of people because I think um, with the popularity of hate breed and um, you know, I mean, I, I associate hardcore. I mean, hate, hate breed as a band kind of just, it just popped out of, it just popped out from the scene and became very much its own thing. But I remember when, Hatebreed was playing in the skate parks in Connecticut and like the VFW halls. And like, you know, one of my first bands would open shows for Hatebreed and stuff. And, uh, you know, we were very much exposed to that kind of, um, you know, metallic hardcore, uh, a lot of youth crew. um, And, you know, the energy kind of came with it, you know, and and over time and by energy, I mean, it became kind of violent, you know, like, like the shows became yes. more and more um, of a thing where we're just like, these dudes were just ready to go off in the pit. And, you know, it was a thing where, where I just didn't want to really be involved with that stuff anymore. Um, yeah. And I don't know, but, but Connecticut always had sort of an alternative layer of bands that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they were like an answer to what was happening in like the more metallic and like, you know, youth crew space. But there are a lot of really um, very unsung bands from Connecticut that um, did pretty amazing things. And especially for back then when it was very much kind of it's it, it was like, I don't know, like a lot, I think a lot of the earlier bands were influenced by like a lot of the Discord stuff, like Embrace or Fugazi, yeah. of course. And like, yeah. but in in the realm of hardcore, it, it wasn't as common. So when you would see one of those bands, you, you, it would be kind of like you would see them and be like, well, I guess this is like what emo is. I guess this is an emo right. band, yeah. you know, yeah. because the, the, the kids on, on the floor playing were wearing button ups or like someone was wearing, you know, black rimmed glasses or like they just didn't look tough or they weren't wearing a fucking basketball jersey you know and i thought that was cool because they were playing really um expressive and emotive music but they they weren't 
tough guys. They were just people expressing themselves. Yeah. And I personally was more drawn to that. I was I was more drawn to the expressive aspect of music as a whole. Yes. Um, I was never down with that kind of tough guy mentality, you know, and I, I get it. Like, you know, when you're young, you're angry, you're fucking lost. Like you're, you, you know, you're just trying to find a community and stuff. And I feel like, you know, hardcore in general opened the doors for a lot of people who, who, you know, felt displaced or just didn't feel accepted by, you know, the bigger group of people. And right. That's another element that I liked about it. But, um, but then of course you get all into these like sub categories of, of, I don't know, values and philosophies. And I'm not saying that it's like one or the other, but, um, you know, but yeah, JD was kind of, um, you know, it was a meeting of the minds between me, Jeff and Nick, you know, we were all aware of all of these hardcore bands in Connecticut. And I was talking to someone about this recently regarding, um, Connecticut being adjacent to Boston or, or more so sandwiched between Boston and New York. And of course, Those cities were, you know, spawning tons and tons of bands back then. Um, and they were all passing through Connecticut. So anyways, our exposure was like crazy in terms of how much we were seeing. Um, but yeah, we we kind of, well, we, 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 we've never felt um, as a band, like we've never felt like we fit in to any of these, these groups, really. We've always been kind of the odd men out. And um, yes. We just carved our own shit out, you know. We just kind of did our own thing, and it definitely wasn't well received or accepted or understood uh, when we were younger. And we always felt like fish, you know, swimming upstream. Still do yeah. in a lot of ways, but um, you know, there's there's some there's some power in in a feeling like the underdog, you know. Yeah, and there's you 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 mentioned too, like so much of. And I hate like and I don't like referencing hate breed like they're they're the you know the be all end all of Connecticut hardcore, but it it's yeah. it's a it's a point, you know, it it's a point on the map that a lot of people attribute to that area. But to your point, you're 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 a, a place where bands are going from two major mark, you know, one major market to the next from Boston to New York you're going to see all of that good shit roll through and mm-hmm. and it draws attention to the more unique aspects of a scene that maybe wouldn't have got that shine otherwise. And, and especially hearing too, like hearing you mention, you know, a lot of th- these bands that stood out to you because I am, I lean more toward the discord side of hardcore. I've always mm-hmm. preferred melody over, um, over heaviness and yeah. or, you know the screamy stuff. But, um, but I also, I, you know, I'm, I'm also drawn to that's like what you guys do. And like, I, like we'd mentioned botch and dead guy, because there's something very emotional in, in that. And I think what appeals to Jerome's dream now uh, for what, what the appeal for people now is that you, there's a clear emotion that comes off of the music you make. And I, I, I say that to say, did that feel like that's what brought the three of you together is like, we like this, but there, this is who we are. We're not the, the hoodies and basketball jerseys. <laughs> that's not how we, that's not who we are. And we can't pretend to be that. So let's just, you know, th- this is what's authentic. This, this yeah. is authentic. It's a good question. I mean, 
I think I think we were kids who didn't feel like we were anything, you know? Mm. Uh we and I don't know how it happened. It just it just happened, you know. We we happened to to kind of unite together um through uh shared social circles and then we got in a room one day and we we plugged in and made noise and we're like this is cool you know and yeah. and, it, and it just kind of became the thing it became but i think one one cool thing about the three of us is that we we, we never we never like um we were never ex exclusive to like one type of music you know like mm. we weren't even exclusively listening to hardcore or punk and i think that's i think the cool thing about us from from an earlier um an earlier age was we were always listening to more than just what was in front of us we were always seeking stuff out of the circles of of, of punk and hardcore and i think yes you know we were just as aware of you know bands on um you know like like do you remember the label crank oh god of course yeah. right you <laughs> yeah. know, like, like you know yeah. we were we were listening to dead guy while also putting on christy front drive you know right after you know we would... i was just gonna drop i was just gonna drop <laughs> christy front drive when you said yeah that. <laughs> and so we we just always had kind of a, a a diverse palette when it came to music and i think it definitely comes into what jd became or what it was at least in the first iteration of our existence and yes um but i think what we always took to was just the uh, the emotional and, and visceral quality of of sonic expression you know the feeling that you got when you 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 heard a band just lay it out for you and yeah. it, it didn't have it didn't have to be heavy it didn't have to be distorted it just had to be authentic yeah and that can come out in all different types of ways it doesn't have to be you know uh, blistering and and discordant to to be heavy really yeah. or to be to be emotive um so yeah um and we 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 still stand by that just in terms of having um a very very wide range of music that we listen to and i think you know that kind of takes me back to when we were talking about rem a few minutes ago in terms of <laughs> people's allure to that band because even though they're, they're they became super popular I think Michael Stipe as a, as a writer and like, you know, and we're talking about melodicism, of course, REM, super melodic, super catchy. Um, but Michael Stipe is, he's like, a, he's like, I don't know. He's arguably my opinion, like it just, he's like a true poet, you know? And yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So I, I've always, I've said this, probably said this on more than one occasion on the show. He is, if if you're talking about like truly punk rock people, Michael yeah. Stipe's one of the punkest motherfuckers that ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. Mm -hmm. there, there was no there, there were no confides for him. He was hmm. it, it was it was authenticity and and that I think now we're seeing a little bit more of that because as you're seeing you're seeing the same thing and you guys will be on the road saying it too. Like punk and hardcore and all the different subgenres and subcategories they're all blending and they're we're getting yeah. back to this world of mixed bills of which like, i love oh it's it's the best thing in the world man <laughs> i like 
the band that I'm in currently, we almost only play with hardcore bands. And, <laughs> and I love it because that's youthful energy. And yeah. the thing what's is, your band called? Uh, we're, we're called Resignation. And, oh, cool. Uh, and we like, and we get to see like, man, there's, there's like five, four bands on this bill and nobody sounds alike. Like the, yeah. And it, I think about that when I, you go back and look at like, you see these old flyers pop up on these accounts on Instagram and you're like, fuck man, look at that bill. Like what a, what a <laughs> wide variety of bands, but we all played shows like that, yeah. you know, like, and, and then it got to that. Yeah. And I'm sure you remember that those formatted tours and formatted bills where here's four bands and they all sound exactly alike. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we we definitely appreciated um the diversity back then i mean i i can't help but think about a couple of the the shows that we played when we were younger i mean i remember jd played with braid uh and, oh, and yeah. kind of like spitting and um there was another show where we played with rye coalition and this band paul newman from texas um paul newman is great if if you haven't yes. heard them definitely check I, them out i do know paul newman and i do um, rye coalition <laughs> yeah i mean you know very under i mean i think rye coalition had a little bit more attention than paul newman but yeah still very very underrated very underappreciated underappreciated bands i mean i think rye coalition just i think if they if those guys came out now swinging like they like they were back then right. it just it'd be different i think yes. um it's almost like people weren't ready for that type of band. Um, it's almost like, you know, bands who are who are so good back then almost like didn't have the I don't know. It's like obviously bands broke, but it's like if you weren't on a major and you still had the thing, yes. but you didn't have the Internet, it's like the chances of you getting in front of the people you deserve to be in front of were far less, I think. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of bands like that definitely didn't get the shine they deserved i also felt feel that way about um garden variety if you're familiar oh yeah yes yeah yeah and another jersey band you know yeah and there's you know jersey's another example too where you have the, the bands that broke in jersey were got fucking huge mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh and this just might be my age but i look at all of it and i go well i mean without lifetime do any of them <laughs> do any of them ever exist but but then yeah. you know, dude i saw a lifetime back in the day did you really yeah i saw them in new haven they they played the tune in that all ages club i was talking about they uh yeah, yeah and I, I thought you know i'm like oh cool like like a big like a big you know post hardcore band coming through or whatever like and and i think i met one of them you know i was i was so young and i was just like I, what, what they were on revelation or was it equal vision i can't they, remember they were on jade tree i was jade tree yeah. see revelation equal vision even jade tree like um <laughs> you know polyvinyl yep. crank you know all those of those labels, labels that were yeah i mean those were labels that i felt were putting out shit that wasn't hate breed you know or wasn't yes. snapcase and i mean look i used to love snapcase when i was a kid but you know there was like victory bands and then there were jade tree bands i mean of course yeah. you know promise ring is probably one of my or one jade tree band that really sticks out the most to me i mean i think the, they're on jade tree the promise ring is uh is where the name of this podcast comes from so <laughs> <laughs> it's a play on uh why why ever did we meet so i love uh, that uh the that's like you referencing that though too like that all makes sense to me because it it 
it indicates something that I I've wondered that you 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 guys were definitely like it tapped into the same music that I was tapped into at the mm. time. Like it it felt like and 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 also where did you grow up? Where 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 are you from? I'm from like the I'm from the Toledo, Ohio area. Okay, so yeah, Northwest Ohio, just south of Detroit, cool. and um and like it's a weird spot because did bands come through when you were younger like were there a lot of shows happening in your area uh there were but it was also it, it was it was weird shows like i think when the band i was in in the late 90s and early 2000s as we got bigger and the, the, uh, the world that you're a part of the one that we were a part of as it was getting bigger mm, the emo mm. and post hardcore world and as this yeah. world was expanding hmm. there were more opportunities there were more shows so more bands were coming through but there was also this there's also this thing here because in this area we have like you know our claim to fame is like necros mm -hmm. um, and and then you know just north of us ann arbor detroit that whole like mc5 stooges thing yeah that that, that nihilistic rock and roll thing mm -hmm. that still kind of permeates i-75 it's always huh. it, it's weird it's always there's always this dirginess to mm -hmm. every genre of music that comes through here and it's all kind it all feels like it's somewhat informed by the mc5 stooges thing and i can't quite i've never been quite i've not quite been able to explain it it's just it, it if you hear bands that were from bowling green ohio or toledo ohio you would hear it and go like oh yeah no all right i see i see what you mean by it, it just had a, a little i didn't want to say swagger there was just this this nastiness to it that could only be Influence. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but think about um did you ever listen to Von Bondi's? Of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good kind example. of a band that I yeah. yeah, that's kind of a band that I think about when we're talking about this in terms of like geographics and like like you said, yeah. there's there is a kind of swagger. Um I mean was I remember I just again I haven't thought about that band in so long, but when once you mentioned like the geographics of like where these bands came from and the MC five yeah. element, I just thought of them. <laughs> it was it there was so much of it because I mean we we also had, you know, we had the white stripes, we had the go, yeah, bondies. Um, and then you had bands in Ohio like Black Keys, Greenhorns, like that sort of shit yeah. was all around here. Um I wonder what's up with that. Like I, I, I don't know. I can't, I've never been able to like because if you look at that, like how much that that influenced punk, you know, yeah. five stooges, the you know, the early Alice Cooper band like that, that sort of energy. And then you come to Ohio and, you know, Ohio put into the world the new bomb Turks and Brainiac mm -hmm. and yeah. Devo. And there's something there's something in Ohio. There's this weird. I don't know. It's cold weather. You're from a cold weather state. You understand like yeah. cold weather makes people kind of efficient and like, I don't want to say mean, but like <laughs> short and efficient and direct. And... Less tolerance for bullshit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, it's I funny because have... I, I live in SF now and it's like, yeah, I, exactly. you know, I mean, with all due respect to everyone here, I'm just like, man, everyone is so fucking soft. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I say that lovingly, but goddamn, yes. you know, it's I, I mean, whether it's, you know, Ohio or like, you know, Michigan area or if it's Connecticut, yeah, Massachusetts, New York, I feel like, you know, yeah, there's definitely something ingrained in us. And I don't know. You're probably right. I think it's cold weather. Yeah, cold weather. And yeah, hey, <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm into I, I will keep that in my pocket to the grave, you know.
it, it, it's it, like Eric Eric Davidson from the New, New Bomb Turks. When I had him on the show, he made yeah. the point to me. He said, Husker Du could not have been that fast had they not <laughs> lived in the fucking frozen tundra of Minnesota. He's like, those songs had to be that fast. They had no choice. And I'm like, man, I, right. I don't know if I really, I mean, I thought about it a little bit in terms of, um, you know, just uh, we were talking about Connecticut, right? And how yeah. like you kind of associate uh, stuff like hate breed and that kind of yeah. genre of hardcore, like to that kind of geographic. But then the way you kind of outlined everything else, I'm like, damn, this actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it it was always funny too. Like I, I remember, like because you talked too about like the bands that got big, but then the bands you looked at and you were like, man, they they should be bigger. Yeah, but we also yeah. think of them as huge. I remember twenty some years ago playing with Spoon, hmm. and being like, "Oh fuck, this is like, like hip, like cool, yeah, like, yeah, Conan O'Brien sort of cool." Mm-hmm. But then there's this lim- like you know this. There, we think of these bands as these massive gods, but really, like, it's like it's not the Foo Fighters. It's not Green Day. There's there's, you know, they we just think of them because our world is so small. Yeah. That when a band pops off, we're we're always all kind of like blown away and fascinated and excited for them. I was literally talking to Jeff about this, I think a couple of days ago, regarding bands on 120 minutes. And I yes. feel like <laughs> I feel like 120 minutes always comes up in conversations I have. But um yes. but it's because to your point, whenever you would see a band like Sunny Day or even like Helmet mm-hmm. on that show, you th- I always thought these are the bands. Like these bands are huge. They're on TV. They're on MTV. They're, you know. Yeah. And um, but then you realize that MTV was almost just like what Instagram is now for bands. It's like, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're going to think it's almost cooler to be on TV, even though you probably have way more reach now just by having an Instagram account. It's weird. But there was something so cool about staying up, you know, past 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning and then Sunny Day would come on. And I I mean, that band right there was another one that just kind of, I don't know, just blew the doors open for me in terms of what was possible um, in terms of, you know, expression, melodicism, drive. Like it just had all of the things and it's I've never heard it in one package before them, you know, yeah. and the same with Helmet. I mean, Helmet, he- obviously heavier than Sunny Day, but still had like this driving force. Um, you know, so- most of it was melodic singing, but then there was like, you know, some screaming on some stuff or some kind of like just like pissed off yelling. I'm like, this is the shit, you know, and yeah, I think that's why I was drawn to like, um, you know, dead guy. And, and then in that kind of realm of of this more like weirder chaotic heavier distorted music with that kind of like almost like berating you know like like the the vocals were so acidic and just like a like yes. had a fuck you to it and i i just i really loved i love that quality because it didn't feel macho or tough to me it just felt pissed off and i loved yeah. that and it it's there's something too like i think the difference with with jd and with botch and dead guy because i mm. like those are i i think of the three of you often in a in, in oh. group because that that those, good company <laughs> it, damn good company yeah because those are i like it 
I, I can look at a band like a Dillinger Escape Plan and not to disparage those guys. They're incredible musicians. Um, but the technicality was what drew people, right? Like that was yeah. the, that was the draw. With 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 you guys, there was still the emotion and the dynamics that I love about Quicksand, mm. for example. Oh, dude, thank you. I mean that that is I hear that and I'm drawn to that. And then I hear the vocal, you hear vocals that you're like, this isn't like hardcore vocals. This, like you said, there's strain, there's, it's acidic. It's, yeah. there's, there's hurt, I guess. Yeah. There's, Absolutely. There's pain in Absolutely. it. And, and mm -hmm. that, that becomes more real. I think it's where, I think it's where you guys kind of are more in tune with what people refer to as emo. And post -hardcore. Mm. I think you guys are definitely more tuned into that because there's a lot more emotion in what you do than than a than a stripe or a snap case or or sure that ilk i mean again you're you're associating us with like hero bands of mine uh, i'm not the only included. one man. there's a lot of us that see it that way <laughs> well it's you know when when i kind of put it all together just through conversation with you like in terms of the bands that are coming up i mean these are I mean, again, talking about um, you know the the geographic element of exposure to these bands. I mean, again, Connecticut being sandwiched between Boston yeah. and New York, um, and well, uh, I was going to withhold this, but I think it's whatever. Let's make this an exclusive for the pod. But basically, I had just I just interviewed Walter from Quicksand for my podcast oh, um, last week. Oh, we, we were talking about. Um, that very thing and yeah. i was telling him how you know connecticut was really feeling the sort of ripple effect of what was going on in new york at the time in the mid 90s and when when, when slip came out and that yes. kind of set the tone for like a whole other realm of bands and it was kind of showing people what you know quote unquote hardcore can be mm -hmm. um, and what it could sound like and yes. at the time it, it was like such a new thing and um man i mean quicksand absolutely um you know blaze the path for for something different oh man. for so many other bands and and almost like in an indirect way communicated that you don't you don't have to be one thing to be the thing you yeah. could be your own thing and still fit within the realm of, of other bands and so i think you know if, if you want to talk about jd for a second that's exactly what we kind of were we were a culmination of these types of bands that weren't necessarily one type of sonic output, but yeah. we were pulling from bands that we felt and not pulling, but we were just influenced by just by what we were consuming sure. at the time. Um, it just kind of gave us permission to do whatever the fuck we wanted and to not worry about fitting into a particular sound. So we just kind of made our own um, and let it become what it, whatever it became, you know, and we're still doing that now. We're just, we're just following our instincts and yeah. when we're trying to not overthink anything. We're just trying to connect with whatever it is we, we make together. Yeah. And let it be what it is. So, so on, so on that topic mm. uh, with this new record yeah, uh, to kind of come, you know, I mean, the thing is like you guys you guys did fire back up a couple years ago but yeah we is, did this is like fully in i mean we're we, you've got a new record coming out you're yeah you were that is 
how does that feel like all these years later to like fuck man here we are we're back in the saddle and and we're not only doing it like we're fucking doing it doing it yeah. we're putting the record out and we're going on the road and yeah doing all the things yeah it feels it feels really good um never did i think we would be doing this at this capacity um at you know at this point in time but um it feels right and it feels like we're we're ready to do what we need to do and it's it's a new chapter for the band honestly um you know our friend Nick, uh, who was the original member, original guitarist of this band, um, you know, we we haven't really been communicating with him for the past year, year and a half. Things, and I haven't really opened up about this publicly until now. People have been asking us like, "Where's Nick?" Because we've been, we've been posting teasers and stuff, you know, with our our friend Sean, who joined the band a couple of years ago during the pandemic, because we all live in the Bay Area and. Um, and Sean also plays in Loma Prieta, who we met on our first tour back in 2019. Um, anyways, it's kind of like a long story, but to be as succinct as I can about it, yeah. uh, you know, Nick, Nick isn't in this new chapter, basically. So okay, it's 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 kind of a weird thing to acknowledge that, but it's also a thing where we have acceptance that things don't stay the same ever. And that sometimes, you know, when you start something with someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that this thing is still right for them right? or that it, 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 or it aligns or, or that it'll be forever with them. Exactly. And so with the pandemic, with the logistics of Nick um, being in Connecticut still or wherever he is, we don't even know where he is. Honestly, he might be in a cabin up in Vermont by himself. He's, he's kind of a, a mysterious one, but um, yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, we decided um, once we were vaxxed and kind of feeling more or less safe to get back into a rehearsal space, we started playing again. We started uh, just getting together once a week, sometimes twice a week uh, in our rehearsal space. And then we just started writing and, um, what was uh, the silver lining of the pandemic, I think, was that we were able to just fully focus on that. And um, yes. it really was. It was like the it was the perfect, esca- not to sound cheesy, but it was the perfect esca- escape. That's during not easy at all. No. Such a fucked up time, right? Yes. Like we just had the thing that we were able to look forward to and to get together and, you know, crack a couple beers and just make music and create something. And And when we started writing it wasn't like a thing where like, we were like, okay, let's make a new record. Mm-hmm. We just started writing songs and we're like, well, that one, that one sounds pretty cool. Let's, yeah, let's, let's keep, let's keep on this path. And so before we knew it, we found ourselves um, working with a handful of songs um, and it just became kind of an obsession. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we just made this, this thing. Um that became, you know, the new record, the the gray in between, and it was a very concentrated couple years of work, like very focused, very committed on all fronts, and um, and it was it felt really good because it was the first time since we kind of decided to resurrect this band 
right. um, which was around whatever 2018 or something. Yeah. Um, it was the first time that we were actually able to just work consistently and really, you know, be in the room together versus be in three different places in the country. You know, I moved to San Francisco mid pandemic. Um, and I actually, I, I moved into Sean's apartment. He moved out with his girlfriend and, uh, then we were suddenly in the same city together basically. And, um, it just allowed us to do, or it, it allowed us to make what we made. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I couldn't be more excited, happy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm personally just like obsessed. I, I cannot fucking wait to start playing, uh, what is it next month or, or in yeah. May? Yeah. So, uh, well, you guys are into, uh, yeah, you, you start in May and it carries yeah. to June. So. Oh, it carries far. <laughs> yeah, it goes beyond June. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. I mean, like you said, like we're we're really committed to um, serving these songs, serving the record, playing as many places as we can. You know, we're doing the U.S. tour with Elizabeth Color Wheel um, in yeah. May and June, and then we're going to Europe in July and August, and then we're going to probably do more U.S. dates in the fall, and then probably return to. Um, Europe or like the UK at the end of the year. And, and we're just going to keep going. Like we're just, we're just ready to fucking just, just go. <laughs> how, yeah. how does, how does this, you know, knowing that Nick isn't in, in this scenario anymore. Um, well, but, but, oh, go ahead. Hmm? How does, well, let, let me say this. How does it feel like to having different people in different spaces now like what is the emotional connection like when well, you, you lock you in know like that? i in terms of the chemistry in in the band yeah. now in terms yeah. of our our interaction as as a new dynamic it's it has a very unique combination i mean it's it's interesting because i've been playing with jeff since i was a kid we we, we right. were like brothers there's there's that kind of very um you know deep history shared and yeah sean you know who is very much cut from the same cloth as jeff and i even though he grew up here in the west coast yeah. um there is this shared frame of mind um and it, as friends you know it's almost like we're we're friends first you know we 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 get on very well as friends but when we get in a room together and collaborate um there's this new kind of energy and there's this new kind of electricity that happens that uh, i couldn't be more grateful for you know i think yeah. sean is uh, in his own right just an incredible artist incredible musician incredible person and his instincts, his his choices, the way he just is behind his guitar, mm -hmm. it fits seamlessly within what what JD is. And so yeah. it was very easy to to kind of loop him in. And and I should make it known that when we invited him to play with us, mm -hmm. we we had full intention of having it be um, a four piece, you know, with Nick included. Yeah. And it was just very hard to get Nick out here. I think the pandemic was a big challenge for that. I think, you know, money was another challenge. Um, yeah. Scheduling was a challenge. Uh, coordination with um, 
I mean, we tried to the very end. We we tried to have it where Nick would be involved at least on some of the material that we put on the new record, but unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Um, and that's not on anybody. I think the circumstances are just, they just weren't in our favor yeah. for that kind of stuff, you know? Um, so look, I mean, there's a lot of unresolved stuff. Um, you know, Jeff and I haven't been able to officially talk to Nick cause he just kind of fell back in the shadows, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've reached out to him several times and I, I, I can only imagine that he's probably feeling pretty hurt and probably pretty disconnected. And, you know, again, I have not shared this with anyone really, but it has to be shared at some point. And, you know, but yeah, so there's, there's an excitement about the new chapter, but there's of course a level of, you know, it, 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 it's a bummer, you know, it just, you're mourning something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you're divorcing something. It's it is like it it you know not in a literal sense, but yeah, it's it's an acknowledgement that things aren't what they were. Yeah, and how can they be? I mean, dude, like it's fucking 2023. This band started in '97. What the right. fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know, it can't be what it was. No, and that's okay. Like that's just how life goes. And uh, again. I think, well, I think for, for us, it's, it's, it's about just having acceptance for what it is. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's really not much we can do. So except right. keep creating and, and, um, so again, it's open-ended, so I don't really know what else to say about it. Cause it's, it's, it kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. But it, it, there will be, I, I feel like, just in hearing it in your voice, there's definitely going to be some catharsis when you get on the road and, and are playing in front of these people and you see the the response like that, that does sort of that always brings that sort of thing full circle when it puts uh, puts validation to something yeah, and you care so much about. For sure. And I, I think regarding, um, you know, doing this without our dear friend from way long ago um i think it's important to acknowledge that regardless of what it is now you know nick is very much a part of the history of this band he's a huge part of why this band was what it was i mean he's all over the music and Mm -hmm. that's what's really cool and um you know we can appreciate that and and you know, but I think there's also something important about kind of acknowledging the circumstances and just, um, you know, I, I'm I'm very much a proponent of forging ahead, always moving forward, always mm-hmm. progressing, always just, you know, and again, it's not always going to be clean. It's not always going to be perfect. And you are going, well, I mean, it's certainly not intentional, but people, people will get hurt along the way one way or the other and it's not you know malintent it's not uh it's just not deliberate at all it's just the circumstance so anyway if i keep if i keep talking about it you'll probably just hear me get lower and lower (laughs) no it's so it's something to give you some some background like Mm. a huge 
a huge component of this show when we're not doing interviews. It's my wife and I are are on together. And a lot of the things we discuss is our, our mental health based mm-hmm. talking about mental health and, and the ebb and flow of that. And yeah. as creators, as artists, we're all, we're all, you know, distinctly and uniquely in tune with that part of us because yeah. there's the, the, our, our feelings are right at the surface on mm-hmm. almost every aspect of what we do. And while this is like, you know, like for, for music and for, you know, this weird fucking world that we all exist in, in, in this punk and hardcore world, it's exciting to go, Oh shit, there's going to be a new JD record. They're going on tour, but there's a lot more to it for the two of you. And now the three of you, and, and also, yeah. you know, and also for the three of you, including Nick, there, your, your, your history your uh, your your youth your, how you grew up like it's all connected to it it's yeah. it totally makes sense that you you have these these conflicting feelings but also this excitement but also a, a bit of sadness like it's all it, it it all rings completely true and authentic and 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 real to me when i hear you say this yeah that's no, nice to it's nice to hear you say it i mean yeah i couldn't have said it any better and it's it's very true um you know, it's, it is all connected and, you know, uh, just, yeah, it's like you, 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 you think about in the context of this type of stuff, you know, this music, this kind of community, this, this scene that is so important to so many people. And like, you know, this, this, this whole thing has, has helped so many people just get through, whatever it is they're going through or we're going through it's like yeah. you know hardcore music in general art creativity community like all this stuff is so essential for so many people to just you know make it to the other side you know and, and feel supported and feel seen and all this stuff and i guess when i talk about it in this context with regard to to nick it's like it's like fuck you know it's like I hope he's all right. Like, I don't know where he is, <laughs> you know, right. like, we, yes. We, yeah. And, and, and I know that this band is very important to him, at least what it was for the time that he was very active in it. Um, and I'm sure there's very much, uh, some mourning on his, on his side and in grief, just because you kind of like lose something, you know, you kind of realize that you're not, as involved in something that you maybe once were at, at a different time in your life. And, right. you know, with a band like JD or any other band um, that's been around for a minute and that has kind of become its own thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It just, when you, when you think about it or when I think about it, it's just like, oh, man, like that, that aspect of it sucks. Yes. But, you know, but from from our stand, huh? What's that? But, but there's also something, and I hate—I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, there's also no, no, not at all. You know, the flip side of that is there is something beautiful because something new is springing out of out of exactly JD. And that's, I mean, that's how I look at it. it. Like I said, new chapter, new blood, new perspective. I mean, yeah, of course. How could there not be new perspective when we've already lived longer than the than you know, I mean, our, we started this band when we were like 18 or 19 years old, right? We're kids. 
And then, you know, we grew up and we lived so much life and been through so much shit. And here we are circling back to the very thing that kind of like gave us, you know, a safe space um, as grown ass men, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, but it, honestly, for me personally, I, I'm so grateful that I have this in my life. I'm so grateful that I have my friends to like make shit with and to like yes. collaborate with and then have the opportunities to have conversations like this with, you know, a faraway friend that I haven't met, um, yeah. you know, play shows across wherever. And, you know, like it's really cool to be able to do this stuff. And um, so us kind of working behind closed doors during this pandemic and now finally being ready to pull the trigger on like getting out there. It just, yeah, I I can't wait to get back in that rhythm of things, you know, that element of, you know, interacting with people and sharing this thing that we've been working so hard on. And um, I mean, we're, we're releasing our second single this Thursday actually. And like, okay. I already can't wait. Like I'm already like ready to press, you know, bend. <laughs> like I'm just, yeah. I want to share this whole thing with everyone. I mean, obviously it's not coming out for, uh, for, you know, it comes out on May 5th, but yeah, I just, the lead up for me, it's like a kid on Christmas, you know, it's just like, yeah, can't sleep. That's man. I, like <laughs> there's, there's 10 other things I could take directions I could go, but I feel like you just, <laughs> hold everything together so nice <laughs> that i'd be and that's a wrap thank you so much <laughs> be an asshole to start Just going down side roads um <laughs> to, to kind of to start to wrap the to wrap start kind of wrap this up mm. tell people a little bit about like, like tell them about the new record who you made it with uh um, sure you know you're working with iodine we're we're uh we we're big fans of iodine here uh, i bring a lot of the bands through uh, on on interviews and uh, that's awesome it's yeah an iodine fucking label man <laughs> yeah casey um casey at iodine is a very exceptional human being for a lot of different reasons but um you know our first interaction with with casey and iodine was when we were younger um all right i think the one of the first opportunities we had to be on vinyl was one of his compilations that he put out way back when <laughs> and we were nobodies we, no one like no one knew who we were yeah we were we were just still this new band from connecticut and we somehow got on this comp that he put out it's called ghost in the gears and it was with bands like converge and yeah. caven and garrison and um a slew of other pretty great names and and then we got on it. And so Casey has been there from the very beginning um, in terms of our world. And so to kind of come back full circle and to be doing something like this at this kind of level and, and, and uh, you know, the level that Casey is operating is beyond me. Like, I don't know how he actually does it, but what he's been doing since bringing back his label is nothing short of impressive and insane. I mean, he's just... He's a fucking machine and he's he's so passionate about what he's doing and what he's creating and i just love seeing him uh, execute on this vision in such a 
insane way in such a like authentic way that I'm just so I'm really stoked that we're doing this record with him. You know, it's like it's 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 new blood all around, but with yeah. old friends. And yes. um, you know, um, yeah. So the the record comes out May fifth. Uh, we're gonna do tons of touring this summer around it. And um, yeah, we made it with our friend Jack Shirley, who we we've recorded with a bunch of times. Uh, Jack is located in. Oakland has a beautiful studio there and um you know it was kind of a no-brainer to get back in the studio with him because you know we've always had a really again with Jack it's almost like friends first and then and then working and collaborating with him has just been always so much fun and so and and we feel really safe working with him you know it's like we're, in, we're we could just set our shit up and just do what we have to do and not feel self-conscious or not feel any pressure he always has vegan vegan desserts for us it's great i mean it's just it's a great place to hang out for a few days um but so we recorded with jack and um yeah it, it was it was almost a year ago that we rec when we recorded these songs so it's 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 weird how the timeline works like that you know you record these songs and they don't even come out until a year plus later it's just sitting on them it's a weird feeling isn't it's it it's very difficult <laughs> yeah it is um, you've had them and you want people to fucking hear them and <laughs> yeah but we're 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 right there and um i really don't know what else i can say about it other than we're just so so excited to share this record with everyone um i will say i've never been more excited about a group of songs that we've made like i i just and i i'm not just saying that to like plug the record like i don't really it's not really about that it's it's just genuinely expressing like how excited i am to share yeah. this work um and i think it's just because um weirdly enough it was like the first time in this band's existence where we were able to really just be hyper focused with very little distraction and make and capture exactly what needed to be captured. Um, so I hope, I hope it translates. I hope, I hope people feel it the way we feel it um, and the way we felt it when we made it. Um, and hopefully people will be stoked to get in a room with us and to unload themselves and through however, whatever they want to do, just, yeah, I, we, we want to bring these songs to, to the rooms, to the, to the, clubs to the wherever and just see people fucking have a good time and lose themselves yeah and um that's what the that's what these songs are for they're 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 so you can put them on and tap into something of your own and just let loose that's uh that that's the most succinct beautiful way you can describe this record <laughs> people aren't stoked they're gonna be stoked that you guys are you're on but uh, this this just adds to the fuel to the fire. The tour with Elizabeth Cutherwheel begins May 20th in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, Eric, let people know how they can uh, find the tour dates uh, closest to them and if they want to pre-order the new record, uh, where they can do that. Yeah, just um, just find us, you know, the usual spots. Check out um, our Instagram check out uh our website just google drums dream um and then you can pre-order the record via iodine 
iodinerecords.com yep. or is it iodinerecordings.com? Either iodinerecords.com is the way. Yeah. Yeah. iodinerecords.com. You can pre-order. There's a few different variants. Um, we will have our, our own exclusive variant on tour. Um, very, very few. Uh, I think we'll just have 50 in black. So if you're a record nerd, um, definitely come out and try and pick one up if we don't sell out before we get to you. Um, yeah. um, but that's, yeah, that's it. So it's just around the corner. Can't wait to see you all. It's going to be super fun. Um, are we playing near you? Are you are we, will yeah. you be able to come? When I stop recording, I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> well, you're on the, the list. <laughs> oh, right on, man. Uh, the Gray in Between will be out May 5th on Iodine Records. Uh, you can pre-order, visit iodinerecords.com. Uh, you can find them and you can find the tour dates and I believe ticket info uh, mm -hmm. uh, at yep. their website, dromesdreamforever.com. Slash tour. Slash tour. Eric. Uh, dude, thank you so much for being on, man. And thank you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, man. I'll, I'm going to stop this and then we'll say a proper human goodbye without an audience. Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Why did we ever meet?